0: Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights In with your host, me, Crystal. So tonight, we will be discussing the movie Stay Alive. I will be giving you my honest and horrific opinion, and if this is the first time you've heard my voice, shame on you, but that's okay. Hello and welcome. I upload a new podcast every Saturday night around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because I have no boyfriend or husband that I know of yet. And be sure to follow me on my social media, uh, my Twitter, and my Instagram. All right, so before we get into this evening's podcast, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for understanding um, that my podcast is one day late. I usually upload on Saturdays. Today is currently Sunday, Um, but the time just got away from me and uh, I just wasn't, I didn't have the notes with me. I left my notes at work, so I kind of had to start all over again, which was fine. Um, but I'm ready now. So once again, thank you guys so much for understanding. And next week we're gonna be back on our regularly scheduled programming. Okay, so as I said, guys, we are going to be doing the movie Stay Alive. Um, so if you've never listened to one of my podcasts before, I start out with the Rotten Tomatoes reading, the IMBD reading. I give you a quick synopsis of the movie, and then I go into a very detailed description of the movie. And at the end, I give any Easter eggs or any cool facts I found about, about the movie, um, so be sure to stick around until the end. Alright, well, let's get started. So, Stay Alive was released March 24, 2006, with a running time of 86 minutes, and it was directed by William Brent Bell. Bell also wrote, wrote it alongside Matthew Peterman, and it has a rating of a PG-13. Bell also directed the movie The Boy and the Devil Inside, both of which I've seen, both horror and both pretty decent movies. So just a quick disclaimer, there are spoilers in my podcast. So the synopsis of this movie is that a group of friends come together after a friend's death to realize the reason behind his death lies within a mysterious horror game featuring the blood countess. So quick note. The first time I watched this movie, I was 16. I was at a friend's house on a snow day, and we were all hanging out in his really cool, bomb ass finished basement with a huge TV with surround sound. Um, I watched it a couple more times here and there, but of course, I'm revisiting it for this evening's podcast. Also, another note um, about me is I love watching horror movie gameplay like they have on YouTube. So this movie is definitely one of my favorites to to, uh, rewatch. So the movie opens up actually with the gameplay. We see that it's first person gameplay and our player is in the middle of some creepy and dark mansion. The music is very super ominous. It's really dark. Um, Our player opens the front door to this creepy mansion and his only source of light is his lantern. So we have to assume the setting of this game is before electricity. So as our player makes his way further into the spooky mansion, we see creepy photos on the walls, and we get our first look at the blood countess herself. She has sharp features, jet black hair, a long blood red dress on that goes from her neck to her feet. We are then greeted by strange rumbling sound, which I, if I can remember correctly, is kind of like a warning that the evil is close. Um, We then see the outline of the blood countess. Ashley slowly walks towards our character. He then starts to run from her and up the staircase, all the while he is greeted by some creepy-looking ghost girls crawling all over the walls and floors. Then, as he turns, the countess pushes him over the balcony, but not before she wraps a chain around his neck to make him hang himself. The words, game over, appear on the screen, and the camera pans out to see our player in real life, is being played by Milo Ventimiglia, who I actually know from the Gilmore Girls. He played Rory. Um, So as the game ends, he definitely seems super creeped out and on edge. And of course, there's a thunderstorm brewing brewing outside because it's a horror movie. (laughs) He then calls his friend to tell him about the game that he just played called Stay Alive and how it was the sickest shit and super creepy. He then asks if his... A friend can come over because he's obviously very spooked. Uh, His friend says no, but um, they make plans to hang out that weekend. So as our character makes his way upstairs, he hears a strange banging noise coming from one of the bedrooms. He opens the door to reveal what I think is his roommate banging some chick. He also mentions how he found them in the game and how they got it good, which I assume means they were killed by the blood countess, which also means they played the game. Uh, We also find out that this character's name is Loomis. So Loomis falls asleep, but then wakes up from having a nightmare about the game. He goes to flip on his bedside lamp, but the electricity is out, so he grabs a Bic lighter. And this is his only source of light. I see the correlation between his Bic lighter and the lantern in the game. I see you, William Brent Bell. I see you. So as Loomis makes his way downstairs, he is still clearly spooked. He walks into his kitchen. And we hear the weird rumbling sound again. He then calms himself down. He says it's not real. And he pours himself a glass of milk. (laughs) We then see a weird ominous dark shape behind him. And we hear the rumbling noise again. The figure solidifies. And we see that it is the blood countess herself. Uh, He calls it to his roommates and his friend from earlier, Rex and Sarah, as he's running up the stairs. He then opens their door to find a a literal bloodbath. They uh, were obviously just slaughtered. The scene is really quick, but it looked like one of them was hanging from the ceiling. Um, So obviously, you know, we have Loomis now freaking the fuck out. We got no lights. Storm's crazy. But before Loomis can even process anything that's going on, a chain wraps around his neck and he's pulled over the banister to be hung. This is obviously how he died in the game, so we can assume how you die in the game is how you die in real life. Uh, The camera pans out the front window and we see Loomis hanging and dead. Uh, So the next scene, we are introduced to our main character, Hutch. He is played by John Foster, who was in Terminator 3. He was also the friend Loomis called before he died, so I have to assume Hutch is also into the video games. Uh, I believe Hutch works at a law firm and he's a clerk, but it could be wrong. He might just be an office clerk, too. I'm not sure. We are then introduced to his boss, Miller, who is played by Adam Goldberg, who was in Saving Private Ryan and A Beautiful Mind. Um, but I know him more as Joey's weird roommate, Eddie, on Friends. <laughs> so anyway, Hutch is under the assumption that his boss is going to yell at him for some report that he hasn't finished. But then we find out that his boss is also into the video games and wants to know how to delete a boss in Silent Hill 4. Um, So then they're discussing the game and the receptionist comes in and tells Hutch that he has a phone call. So he picks up the phone and we have to assume by his demeanor that somebody on the other line told him that his friend Loomis is dead. So the next scene is the funeral where we meet our next character. Her name is Abigail and she's played by... Samara Armstrong, who I know is from the old the OC. She played Anne. Um, she played Anna. Um, I loved her when she was on that show. So she's actually taking photos at the funeral, and she snaps a photo of Hutch and then introduces herself as Sarah's friend. Uh, Loomis is then approached by Loomis's sister, and she gives Loomis's satchel, she gives him Loomis's satchel, which we can assume has the video game stay alive in it. Uh, Abigail then gives Hutch her phone number in case he needed to talk. Uh, The next scene is what looks like a gaming and internet cafe. So I assume it's like a cyber cafe. And we meet our next character, October, who is played by Sophia Bush, who I know from One Tree Hill and John Tucker Must Die. Um, I actually love the name October. So if I were to ever have any spawn. I really feel, and it was a girl. I would totally name her October because it's such a dope name. Um, so we see Hutch walk in, and she gives him a hug, and I think she might have a little bit of a crush on him, or she's very protective of him. I'm not really quite sure. Uh, we are then introduced to her brother Phineas, who's played by Jimmy Simpson, who was in Date Night. Uh, he makes a comment about Hutch's parents, and he basically says like, oh. First your parents, now this, huh? So I have to assume his parents are dead. Um, he obviously comes off as a bit insensitive. He's obviously a little perverted. He's obviously somewhat of a comic relief in the movie. Um, so they all start looking through Loomis's bag, and Phineas pulls out the Bic lighter and flicks it. Um, Hutch seems shaken by the fire, so I assume maybe his parents died in a fire? Uh, Phineas then pulls out the copy of Stay Alive, and Hutch explains that this was a game that Loomis was playing right before he died. Uh, They all agree that no one's ever heard of it, and we also learn that Loomis was beta testing the game, which means that it is barely legal, and obviously that means they're all going to play it, test it out. Uh, The next scene is at Hutch's apartment, and... He is startled by the arrival of his friend Swink, who is played by Frankie Munez, who I know from Agent Cody Banks, and of course, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I also want to make a note that Hutch is uh, cleaning solo cups, aka he's definitely a true bachelor. So after Swink comes in, uh, we have Phineas, October, and then Abigail. It seems October is a little standoffish towards Abigail, which adds to my assumption that she either has a crush on him or she's very protective of him. Um, It also seems that everyone, except Abigail, are pretty avid gamers. Uh, They each brought their own monitors to play Stay Alive. And also note that they all have headphones on with mics attached to them. Miller, Hutch's boss, is also playing, but he is playing at his office. Note, it is very late in the office, and everyone has gone home. So the game opens up, and the players are introduced to a poem called The Prayer of Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Hutch starts hitting buttons, but it seems like the game wants them to read aloud the poem. Uh, Swank makes a comment about how technologically advanced it is, considering back then they didn't have voice activation video games. I don't know if they have them now. I'm not too much into the gaming world, um, so if someone can let me know if there's such thing as a voice activation video games now, that'd be cool. I know you, if you get like a TV or something, or um, you can like talk into your remote. Um, a smart TV and I know that of course we have like the Alexa and the, the Google thing um, that you can it's voice activated But I didn't know if it was like in video games yet. So anyway <coughs> Oh, excuse me. He also makes a comment um, On how it's kind of like a seance and by he I mean swank um, I assume they're pretty much cursing themselves now So now they're all reading this poem out loud and this weird mis- misting falls over them Obviously, it's showing them being, you know, cursed and um, the game begins. So, a deep voice welcomes them to the game and tells them that they have made a grave mistake and that they are all marked for death. That was my impersonation of voice. It wasn't very good. So, anyway, as the voice is explaining the game, they're all customizing their game characters The voice goes on to explain that 200 years ago, the Countess Elizabeth Bathory opened a plantation up as a finishing school for young girls. October comments that she has heard the story before. The voice continues and explains their salvation lies beyond the gates of the plantation and their only chance is to stay alive. Okay, guys, (laughs) I'm going to stop doing that now. So I also wanted to make a note that Elizabeth Bathory was an actual person she was a Hungarian noblewoman and an alleged serial killer. She allegedly tortured and killed hundreds of girls with her kills being described as vampire like tendencies. Um, most famously the tale that she was bathed in the blood of virgins to retain her youth. So our players start the game in October recalls. She remembers hearing the story of the serial killer from her grandmother without any knowledge of the game. Hutch moves his character forward and their controllers start vibrating, indicating that shit is about to go down. Uh, I know that is pretty common in video games when the controller vibrates if something is going on. So, um, Then they are greeted by a creepy ghost girl and Hutch kills it with his bow and arrow. Um, in the ghost girl's place is a rose that, that if dropped, it gives them a chance to escape. The game progresses and Miller ends up getting separated from the group and is now in some underground tunnels. So our group of friends are now in the main part of the plantation and Abigail spots something behind a closet and it's a secret room with a photo and a diary that belonged to the countess. It was alleged that she kept a diary full of her victims names and ages. Creepy. So now we are back with Miller who is wandering around the tunnels and he comes upon what I think is her kill room. He drops his last rose as he goes into the room with a bathtub in the center and blood literally everywhere. And also, some dead girls are hanging from the ceiling. Miller is starting to lose it a little as he explores more, but before he can get himself to safety, the Countess sneaks up behind him and stabs him through the neck with a pair of shears. Miller, being clearly shaken in real life, decides to call it a night and the other players do as well. Uh, as Miller is leaving his office, he's almost the elevators, his office door opens. So he goes back to close it. Uh, as he goes to close it again for the second time, he drops his keys and as he bends down to grab them, we see the outline of the countess. He goes to walk away from the office door, but it opens again. And then we hear the strange rumbling sound. The noise is coming from his controller, So as he bends down to pick it up, we see the outline of the countess and she comes for him and stabs him through the neck with shears. So the next morning, as Hutch gets to work, he's greeted by the police and finds out that Miller is dead. Hutch explains he only talked to him a few hours ago, so the cops want to question him. And he explains how how they were playing the video game. Uh, We then catch a glimpse of Miller dead on his desk, which is the same position as the game as we enter the next scene, which is back with a group of friends at the Cyber Cafe. Phineas is arguing with the friends that he wants to continue to play the game, but out of respect, the others don't, and obviously they're very shaken up. Uh, Phineas basically tells them to fuck off so he can play the game in peace. He really doesn't care. So uh, the next scene, we get a little character development on Abigail. It seems she seems to have the perfect life. She's attending Princeton in the fall. Her dad's an architect. Her mom's a kindergarten teacher. Um, We also then get another, another indication that Hutch hates fire when October goes to light a cigarette. The friends are also trying to figure out how the deaths and the game are connected. So now we're back with Phineas, and apparently we find out that the Countess hates mirrors. Hutch believes the game is somehow killing off his friends, um... And he's starting to freak out again. And he rushes back to the cafe to make sure Phineas is alive. And he is. Uh, Phineas then mentions that the mirror um, he has is made of polished silver, which the Countess cannot break. Which is, of course, something to note in the future. Um, so the next couple of scenes, the music starts picking up. We start switching back and forth. Um, Swank is playing with some wires on the computer. Phineas was just playing on. Phineas is outside getting something from his car. October is cleaning up the cafe. Oh, side note, October and, um, October and her brother Phineas work at the cafe, which is why they can get in and which is why she's cleaning. (laughs) Um, so Hutch is shaving his face at home and we see that he isn't wearing a shirt and he has burns on his shoulders and arms. And we can see that the game is kind of starting to cross over into reality. We see uh, October, she sees a dead girl in reflection of the mirror at the cafe. Swink's keyboard starts oozing some blood stuff, some nasty bloody stuff. Um, Phineas also hears horses neighing, And then Hutch, Hutch goes to look at himself in the mirror. And his reflection change and the mirror breaks. Um... So basically swink starts looking into perceptive reality which is what happens when you're playing a video game or you're or you're in something so long that it starts to seep into your own reality. So that sometimes happens with me a little bit when I'm really into doing my notes for podcasting, I end up like having like nightmares about the movie that I'm watching especially if I do my podcast notes before I go to sleep, so I definitely can see how this can 100% happen with video games, especially if it's a first-person per- first per- first game, and especially if it's a horror uh, survival game. Um, so Hutch then goes to his office to look into Loomis's death because he wants to pretty much convince himself and convince his friends that there's a correlation between the game and the reason that his friends are dying in real life. Hutch finds out that there are no distinguishing marks found on Loomis's body and he also looks into Miller's death and see, sees that he was killed with 14-inch um, joined twin blades, aka the shears that I was explaining earlier. Hutch then takes the information to the cafe where Abigail, uh, October, and Swink are waiting and Phineas isn't there yet. Hutch explains that Miller was stabbed to death along with Loomis's friends, Sarah, Loomis's friends, um, Sarah and Rex. Sarah's body was drained of blood, and um, that Loomis's neck was broken and he was hung in the game as he was in real life. Hutch is trying to explain how the correlation between their deaths and the game is too close not to be related. October then chimes in and basically says, "Like I believe you." And I think that you're right. And she explains the story of the Countess and how every detail of the game is exactly like the Countess's real life. The tower, the cemetery, the torture chamber. She'd hunt for victims in a horse-drawn carriage. She'd kill them with the shears. All the mirrors in the game are shattered because she couldn't stand to see herself get old. Um, And as a punishment for her crimes, they walled her up in her own tower. And the last thing she said before... Before they, you know, basically said, peace out, biatch, Uh, she said that she'd be back. Um, Hutch starts arguing with her that she isn't making sense, which is strange because wasn't he there just to convince him of the same thing? So maybe it's just something I missed. But regardless, we got the backstory of the Countess there. Uh, We then cut to Phineas, who is on his way to meet his friends and his sister. The sky starts changing and it's getting darker and the ominous music starts. A ghost girl appears in the middle of the road and he slams on his brakes, he swerves, and he nearly hits a tree. So I believe his car stalled, uh, which is why he gets out of his car and he isn't able to drive it. And he calls October and tells his friends where he's stranded and Abigail offers to drive. He then asks Swink about perceptive reality, but then October reminds him that he didn't die in the game, so he is safe. Uh, We then hear horses neighing, crack of a whip. And as Phineas is relieved, he turns and he's run over by the Countess's horse and carriage. Uh, As the friends approach his car, they see his dead body lying on the side of the road. Uh, We then see that he obviously died the exact same way in the game. So they call the cops. The cops are now there at the crime scene. And Hutch is trying to explain how the game is killing his friends off to two detectives. Uh, We then find out Hutch stayed with Loomis and his family after his parents died in a fire when he was young. So that obviously correlates to before when he was freaking out whenever he'd see the flick of a lighter. Um, The cops obviously not really believing him. So while at the crime scene, one of the detectives who is kind of a dick uh, decides to see how scary and real the game actually is and he plays it even though... Swank is right next to him and is like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Um, So Hutch, seeing that the other detective is playing, he rushes back over to close the computer, but not before we see the detective die in the game. So it looks like the detective died in the game. He was sitting in some kind of contraption and there were these things. um, There were these like metal pieces at the sides of his mouth and it looked like they like ripped his mouth open. Um... So we have to assume that's how he's going to die. Uh, so after the crime scene is cleared and the friends are alone, they all start freaking the fuck out. October is basically blaming Hutch and explaining how her brother was all she had and this is his fault and they, and they should have not, like he was the one that brought them the game. And then Hutch, you know, he starts apologizing. But then they all uh, decide to figure out how to beat whatever the hell is happening. So Abigail and Hutch try to figure out where the game came from. And they all vowed to pretty much not play the game because it's the only way to stay safe. Uh, so there, we are back with the detective who was a dick at a video game store where he's asking about Stay Alive. And the guy behind the counter is basically telling him, like, oh, I've never heard of that game. It must be, like, some kind of underground game. Um, so he calls his partner and says, you know, he didn't find anything gets into his car and we hear the familiar rumbling warning sound and two seconds later our detective is dead and blood is splattered all over his car windows so rest in peace sir Uh, so now we are back with abigail and hutch at loomis's house to see what they can find on the game Uh, We also get some more character development on Hutch and his past. Apparently, his father suspected his mother of cheating on him when he was little. She wasn't, and his father basically said, if you're not going to be with me, then you can't be with anyone else. So he set the house on fire and trapped his mother inside. His father survived, and obviously Hutch survived. His father is now in prison uh, for a very long time, and this is why Hutch hates fire because he said if he was just you know a little bit older and a little bit stronger he possibly could have saved his mother's life abigail tries to comfort him and says you know it's not his fault he was young whatever so managing to break into the house hutch and abigail see the crime scene of the broken banister and the bloodied bedroom they then go into loomis's room and hutch reveals a secret hiding place located in loomis's computer tower Inside, they find a cell phone with information regarding the company that made Stay Alive. Um, it was also, the, the phone they were using was a sidekick, so I thought that was pretty cool. I haven't, I never actually had a sidekick when I was younger. I always wanted one, but my parents were just like, you don't need that. So I just had a regular flip phone. <laughs> um, so then Abigail and Hutch contact October and Swink and figure out where the game's headquarters is. Um, We then see October is poring over books, which I assume is how to kill the Countess. So she gets on the phone and she finds out um, that when they find her, they need to put three nails through her heart, neck, and forehead. And then they need to burn her blood. She then explains that the Countess was brought back with a seance. Uh, The friends then find out that the detective was brutally murdered. And seconds later, the police are surrounding Hutch's apartment, which is where Swink and October are. Hutch tells them to sneak out and to get to Loomis's house. Um, Hutch and Abigail realize the reason the Countess was brought back was because of the prayer that they said when they first started the game, which was the prayer of Elizabeth, when they had to do the voice activation, which we talked about a little bit ago. Um, so now they're all back at Loomis's house, and Abigail realized the game is playing on its own now with October as the next victim. So it basically seems like it's not following the rules and it's starting to play on its own. So we then cut to October who is smoking outside and the weather changes and it gets much darker now, which means obviously shit's about to go down. We see that she's in front of a home that looks like it's still in the process of being built and she sees a creepy-ass ghost girl in the window. So October being the boss-ass boss bitch that she is, she goes inside. She basically says, fuck this, I'm going inside. I'm going to fuck this bitch up because she killed my brother. So October, wanting revenge for her brother um, and to stop the countess, grabs a hammer and three nails as, he, as she searches the house for the countess. Hutch, Abigail, and Swink are all outside now looking for October because they saw in the game that she that the game was playing, and she is the next victim. So October, wandering around the house, she sees the back of the countess, sneaks up to her with a nail gun now, and shoots her three times, and misses, then tries to run out of the house, but trips and gets her foot caught. She is pulled and screams, getting the attention. So basically, she's pulled up into the air, and her screaming gets the attention of her friends. She is then being hung from the ceiling with the countess, watching her swing back and forth, which I thought was a pretty dope scene. Um, She then looks the countess dead in the eyes and says, go fuck yourself. And... Immediately after, the countess slices open her neck with the same shears, and the friends break into the house, but only to see that October is dying on the floor, and obviously she dies. So I also just wanted to make a quick note: the reason that this didn't work um, is because when eventually, when they put the when they put the nails into the countess, it brings her her spirit back into her real body um but they have to find the Countess's body first in order for that to work which is why this time it did not work. So we have the last of our three friends are now in back in Abigail's van and we learn more about Abigail. She doesn't really have the perfect life that she told Hitch about or Hutch about. It's not a Will Smith movie. Um So Hutch is basically saying like, uh, you know, all my friends are dying and now I feel terrible that I'm taking you out of your perfect life because as we mentioned earlier, Abigail had a pretty cushiony life. Um, but she says she basically was lying and she's homeless and lives in her car. She then changes the subject quickly and, um, she gets them to refocus on finding where the countess's body is and where her plantation is. Swink then realizes that if he plays the game, then Abigail and Hutch are safe and can find a way to end it. They finally make it to the game's headquarters, and it looks to be just like a huge house. It actually reminded me of the house, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Skeleton Key with Kate Hudson. It reminds me of the house that's in there. Um, Like just a huge white house with with big columns in the front. Um, Like a plantation house, which I think is what they're called in the south. Um, Swink then realizes that if he plays the game, so as I said, he realizes that Abigail are safe. Um, so Abigail and Hutch walk up to the house, they knock, but there's no answer. So they open the unlocked door and wander inside. We then hear the ominous, weird rumbling sound again. The scene then switches back to Swink, who is playing the game. We then start to see that whoever lives in the house is obsessed with the countess. They have a countess figurine and a carriage in the back of the house. Swink realized that the house is the same one that he's <laughs> that's in the game. And he calls Hutch to tell them that they need to get to the back of the house. Um, so obviously now guys, we're getting into the thick of the movie. It's just keep up, just keep up with me. You guys got this. So, um, Abigail begins wandering upstairs while Swink is telling Hutch how to get to the back of the house. So obviously they're separated. Abigail is also realizing that this place is the same as the game and sees the hidden passageway to the hidden room, which we, which I, um, I told you guys about earlier. They had walked in and they saw a closet with a hidden room in the back, which is what Abigail is seeing now in real life. Um, we see that Hutch has stumbled, has, we see that Hutch has also stumbled upon the cemetery and the tower in the back of the house now abigail is inside the secret room um we see that this room is dedicated to the countess um she also abigail also finds her shears and the diary with all the girls names in them the room gets very dark and we hear abigail scream um as does hutch and he runs back into the house so Swink instructs hutch to take the staircase on the side of the house but but seeing it being locked hutch needs a crowbar Um, Swink, still playing the game, throws down his crowbar, and it appears at Hutch's feet in real life. Um, so then he gets the lock off, and we see that Abigail, we switch back to Abigail, we see that there's bugs crawling all over her face, and her only source of light is her Bic lighter. Um, the Countess is basically zeroing in on her, but before the Countess can kill Abigail, Swink finds her and throws down three roses in the game, which saves Abigail's life in real life. Um... Hutch then finds her, like, two seconds later, finds her safe, and then kisses her. So, guys, basically, it seems that everything that's happening in the game, everything that's happening in real life, everything is kind of just, like, all molding together, and everything is kind of, um, you know, going from anything that happens in the game happens in real life, anything that happens in real life happens in the game. Uh, So now that everyone is kind of safe, Abigail and Hutch need to get to the tower to nail and burn the Countess. Hutch, still on the phone of Swink, is going over the order, but not before we hear the weird vibration sound coming from the game. But before Swink can do anything to stop the game from playing itself, the van's doors close and lock. He then, thinking quickly, breaks a window and is back in the game. But the Countess isn't playing by the rules anymore and decides to go after Swink in real life before he died in the game. He runs from the van, and he's being chased by the horse and carriage, a.k.a. the Countess. He then jumps into a rose bush as the carriage doors open, and we see the shears. It seems real roses don't have the same effect as the game roses, and Swink meets his end. Which is kind of weird, because I thought everything was seeping into the other one, but anyway. Then, uh, because then we see Abigail stuffing the bag with the roses, uh, while Hitch finds three nails and digs them out of the side of the house. So our two remaining players are now running through the cemetery. Well, players and actors and characters are now running through the cemetery to get to the tower uh, with the countess right on their tails. So they find the entrance to the tower and Hutch pushes Abigail inside and shuts her inside there by herself. He then holds up a single rose and the horse and carriage disappear right before they hit Hit Hutch. So then I'm kind of confused because I'm like, wait, the game said that Swink was dead. But he covered himself in roses, so it should have protected himself. And then, now we have this scene, and Hutch is literally holding the rose in front of the horse and carriage and it works. So, I'm just confused at this point. So, anyway, um, he opens the door. They're both inside the tower with the, um, trying to find um, the body. They see the entrance of the tomb. They move the cover off of the tomb to reveal a staircase, and they slowly descend down. So their only source of light is a lantern held by Abigail and Hutch drops another rose. So every time they drop a rose, it does the same thing it does in the game. It kind of like burns up and turns black. Um, so now they're in the tunnels again and the Countess is pretty much like running this shit. She's like all around them. Thankfully, Abigail throws a bunch of rose petals and she disappears again. Um, so as they are venturing further into, into the tunnel, the weird ass ghost girls are starting to follow and chase them. Um, they finally reach the nasty-as-fuck torture room that is coated in blood. Um, Hutch then finds a second door to get to the top of the tower, but the door closes behind him and separates him and Abigail. They kind of have a moment there because Hutch is trying to figure out how to get the door open, and I just feel for this dude. I'm like, damn, like, you lost everybody in your life. Like, everyone's dying around you, and now this. Um but Abigail basically tells him to keep going. Like he's the only one that can end this and save everybody. Um, so she gives him, so there's like the door has, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's a door with, with like, like you would see in a jail cell with like just an opening of the top and the bars. Um, so they can like, so she reaches in and gives him her Bic lighter and he gives her a single rose. Um, Hutch Then walks up the stairs and he finds the Countess's body. And she's like laying on this bed with like this weird white canopy thing over her. And her skin really looks like porcelain. So maybe these virgin baths are working for her. Um, She's got pretty nice skin. So Abigail is then by herself in this torture chamber sitting on the ground. And she's pulling the petals off the rose uh, while Hutch is hammering the nails into the countess. As Abigail is pulling the petals off the rose, she's saying, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves you not, which is fucking creepy. Um, and as Abigail pulls the last petal off, the room gets dark, and she starts screaming. Uh, we then see Abigail is being strung up by her feet, and the countess is circling around her. Also a very dope scene. I was totally into that. Um, as Hutch puts the last nail in, the tower starts shaking And the Countess disappears from Abigail, which means that the spirit is now back in her body. Also, just a quick note, guys. Hutch also has uh, the lantern, or he has another lantern with him in that same room that's filled with kerosene oil. And he also, which is obviously very flammable, uh, flammable, flammable. (laughs) He also has his um, computer with him as well. Um, And as the tower starts rumbling, We see that the kerosene lamp falls shatters on the floor and the oil, the kerosene oil goes everywhere. And we also see that his laptop also falls on the ground as well. Um, So we see the Countess is now sitting up and we hear the nails dropping on the ground. So, it's a pretty creepy moment, but also at the same time, very, very cool. I was totally into it. Kind of reminded me of Michael Myers when he when um, he sits up in Halloween. Same, same kind of effect. Uh, we then see that Hutch has his laptop with him, and it has a silver reflection on it. So, remembering how October told him that she can't stand her... Well, remembering how October told... Um, him that the countess can't stand her reflection he stands to face her with the front of the laptop and she begins screaming and her face contorts then he quickly grabs the lighter throws it at her and catches her on fire because the kerosene is all over the room so then of course we have a full circle moment for hutch as he realizes he's faced with the same fire situation he was when he was a child but just as we think it's the end for our dear hutch Swink not being dead and Abigail bursts into the room with a literal rose bush and they rescue Hutch. Um, we then see the countess fall and her face melting off. Peace out, biatch. So um, with the three friends surviving, um, they're walking through the cemetery and it pans up to the tower that is clearly on fire uh, we are then back at the video game store The the detective went to that died. Um, and we see that the same guy who was behind the counter is pulling out, is opening up a new shipment of games. And of course it's stay alive. Um, we then see that stay alive is also being featured on game on the cover of game informer magazine, which I know is real cause my brother used to get them all the time. <laughs> And he then puts it into the PlayStation and it is playing on the TV at the game store and everyone at the store is kind of looking up at the game. Um, So then we pan up to the game with the Countess in her tower window with her shears and the movie ends. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So guys, you know me. I have questions, I have comments, I have concerns. The first one is, of course, I had to Google and see if Stay Alive was a real video game. Sadly, it is not. Um, I think I might have read somewhere that you could play it online. Um, but it would be really cool if they did make this into some kind of game. Um, I would obviously would not play it. I would just watch gameplay on YouTube because I'm not trying to get cursed. Um, anyway. <laughs> so um, another thing I just wanted to note was. Um, I think I want to say the the reason that it probably didn't work was because when she first when the countess sat up the nails came out of her head um but I don't really know so I definitely have some questions about that like is it over like if people watch if people do play the game are they going to be okay because it's literally just a game um or is the countess going to kill everybody and anybody that watches this and anybody that plays the game I have no idea also, did the I'm I'm really confused at the at who created the game? Did she create the game? Was there some like who lived in that house? I I was just I have questions. I'm not really I'm not really sure um, because if somebody was just obsessed with her and made the game, um, then it is what it is. And did they put a curse on the game because they were so obsessed with her? Did she come and kill them, or did she live at the house? Uh, because the 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 carriage was inside like the back garage so I I don't know somebody can answer that for me or come up with some kind of um some kind of a theory on it that'd be really cool because that part just kind of confused me a little bit so guys obviously overall I loved this movie I thought this movie was great um I have watched this movie many, many times and I've suggested it to a lot of my friends whenever they ask, you know, can I watch, you know, what horror movie should I watch? I always do the, do the, you know, the popular ones. And I always say, you got to watch this movie called Stay Alive. I I love it. It's great. It also has some of my favorite people to watch on TV in a movie. So I was happy to see like Samara Armstrong and uh, Sophia Bush and Frankie Muniz. I'm big fans of their, of them, so... And I think another reason why I really like this movie is because it goes into the tale of, of course, the Countess Elizabeth Bathory, who I was always, for some reason, super interested in. Uh, I always, I, I remember hearing about her before I even watched the first movie when I was 16, or before I even watched, when I watched the movie for the first time when I was 16. And I remember being all the curious by it because it was, you know she was a noble woman you know she she had power and she had wealth and she got away with torturing and and murdering all of these girls to go to this most extreme way of um staying youthful and it also i i definitely see how the 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 skeleton of the story is used in other concept as well If you guys remember American Horror Story Coven with Kathy Bates, her character bathed in the blood of the slaves to stay youthful. Um, And there's also a scene in Hostel 2 where um, one of the young girls, she's a virgin, is hung upside down and her neck is slashed and uh, the person who paid for her is in a bath under her um, bathing in her blood. So there's definitely been a lot of nods to it in the horror movie community, in the horror show community. So um, I think that's, I just really, I don't know, there's just something about it that I find fascinating. And it's funny too, because I'm Hungarian and she was also Hungarian. So maybe, maybe I'm related to her. I don't know. This is going too far, guys. Let me stop. <laughs> okay. I think that's going to be it for this evening's podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for understanding and being patient with me this week. I know I just put a podcast up on Wednesday for Halloween. And I really wish that I had done this all yesterday. But, you know, things happen. And I'm so thankful that you guys understand you're still listening. Um, So I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. And be sure to message, DM, tweet, or email me what your favorite scary movie is. So I can give it my honest and horrific opinion. Um, And be sure to follow me on my social media. Definitely tweet me and DM me. Um, All my links are listed um, depending on how you're listening to it It's listed to next to you or above Above wherever you're listening to So um, I love the horror movie community I always try to reach out and talk to as many people as I can So please guys do not hesitate to tweet me Do not hesitate to DM me um, You can ask the people that I talk to on there I always, I always get back to them <laughs> So alright guys Thank you so much again And until then guys Be safe, be spooky And I will see you guys in my next one. Bye.